Nehemiah chapter 2. You're going to be turning there in your Bibles. We'll pick up there again. Uh, I will ask you to please plan to stay um, after the message this morning. After the invitation, please don't go. I've got some things I need to share with you about judgment journey as we're praying. We're looking at counting the cost. There's some things that I need to share with you. I don't need to wait till the 15th. There's some things you need to know up front. You need to know them now. How many of you are praying for a decision? That's all I want to know, God. What do you want to do? What do you want us to do? Well, you can't pray about what you don't know about. Amen? So I got some things you need to know about. And, and if you are involved in the prayer um, as to what God wants us to do, I want to ask you after the message this morning, please stay around after the invitation and we'll talk just a few minutes and then we'll all get out about the same time. Nehemiah chapter 2, the walls have been viewed. They've gone out at night. They, they have looked at things. They, they've scoped over the situation. The vision has been shared, verse number 18. They've strengthened their hands for this, this good work. Verse number 19, once again, the enemy opens up their mouths and asks a question. Will you rebel against the king? The enemy will always show his ignorance if you'll just leave him alone and let him because it's the king that sent him. It's the king that gave him the trees, the provisions, all that he needs for the wood to build the walls and the gates and the soldiers and the cavalry, the protection. It's the king that gave him all those things. So the enemy will always put his foot in his mouth if you'll just give him just a minute. So they show up in verse number 20. Nehemiah answers the enemy. He says, It's answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, He, will prosper us. Oh, we need to remember that. They just sang it. It ain't our battle. It ain't our fight. The, the battle is the Lord's. He, he answered them. He said, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, if you're a servant of the king, raise your hand. If you're thankful to be part of the family, raise your hand. If you're thankfully washed in the blood, your name is written down in Calvary, going to heaven. But got a chance to tell somebody about Jesus before you go. Raise your hand. We, we've got some work to do here as children of God. He said, he will remember us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Last week. We looked at what does it take to build a wall? Takes vision plus prayer. You can't do anything without a vision, but a vision is useless without prayer. So it takes vision plus prayer, but then it takes organization. It takes aligning things and putting them together, but then make no mistakes about it. It takes hard work. That was last week. This morning, I want to look at a message on a great work. God, thank you so much for being so good. Thank you, Father, that we can say amen. God, you've been there through thick and thin, through, through dark, through mountains, through valleys, through rainy days, through sunny days. You've always been there, God. You're always there for us. You're always here with us. Thank you for your sweet, holy presence 
in this place. I pray you continue to meet with us, your people. Teach us what you would have us to know. Show us what you would have us to do. God, may we be found in the center of your perfect will. Nothing left, nothing right, nothing ahead, nothing behind. May we be found in the center of your perfect will. May all that we do be pleasing to you. That is our prayer, God. We love you. We thank you. We trust you and we praise you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Anything that is done for the glory of God, anything that is done for the kingdom of God is a great work. But some things are bigger than others. Some things require more from us than others. Anything done, well, amen means I agree, anything done for the glory of God is a great work. Amen. But some things require more planning. Some things require more effort, more, more work. Some things require more of your time, more of your, your talent, more of your energy. Some things require more sacrifice. Some things are, are easier than, than others. Nehemiah chapter 1, we're given the source of the vision and we see the opposition. Chapter 2, we see the daunting size of the task as he goes out and looks and everything's burned and destroyed. And we see the opposition. As we go into chapter 3, we see the work begin and we see the opposition. Anybody see a common thread there? The opposition never gives up. Chapter 3, verse 1, Elisha, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest. They built the sheep gate. They sanctified it, set the doors of it, even to the Tower of Mia. They sanctified it unto the Tower of Hananiel. Now, the beginning of the work itself is important because it says that the priest began the work. It's important that they be involved. It's important that they set a tone. It's important that they sacrifice their time and their energy and that the people see them there. But, but remember from last week, it's important that they build this sheep gate first. If you remember last week, I gave you each gate. And we didn't put up a map, but let's see. Each gate represents the life of of a Christian. Each gate has a purpose and the sheep gate represents the Lamb of God. It represents Jesus Christ himself. There has to be worship. See, when the walls of Jerusalem were torn down, the temple was burned down, all that happened. God allowed that because there was no worship. In order for revival to begin here in the story, it must begin with worship. It doesn't matter who, when, or where, until people return to a heart of worship, there will be no revival. Quiet on Sunday morning. That's for your bulletin if you want one. Until people return to a heart of worship, there will be no revival. Chapter 4, we have the work. And then we have the opposition. At no point does the enemy ever quit. As Christians, here, here, while we're in the bulletin, I'll go ahead and give you this one. As Christians, our life is a process. Anybody feel like you're a work in progress? That's because we are. Thank God we're not what we were. Amen. But we're not what we're going to be. So, so as Christians, our life is a process. Christian growth is a process. Becoming more Christ-like is a process. There's a reason I let you write that down three times because as long as you're trying to grow, you are a process. And as long as you're trying to get closer to God, which we are, we are a process. And as long as we're attempting to grow closer to God, the enemy is going to try to bring storms into your life. 
As long as you're trying to get closer to God, the enemy will do whatever he can to put something between you and God. So chapter 4, it came to pass when Sambalot heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation, and he mocked the Jews. So one thing doesn't work. The enemy reaches into his bag of hindrances, and he brings out something else. He not only mocked them, he went for reinforcement. So other people that didn't like the Jews and other people that didn't like Jerusalem and Israel, he, he joins forces to oppose them. Verse number 2, still chapter 4, he spake before his brethren to the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heap of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was, was by him. And he said, even that which they build. If a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. So Tobiah calls them incompetent. He says, they can't build anything. They don't know anything. If they even just tried, it would fall down. See, opposition takes on many different faces. God is looking for those that will hold on through the storm and trust him. God is looking for those that will keep their eyes on him and trust him. The enemy is always trying to divert our attention. So Nehemiah does what Nehemiah does. He turns it over to God. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach upon their own head. Give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Cover not their iniquity. Let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. The song just said it. Never try to fight a battle that isn't yours to fight. It's not our battle. This is spiritual warfare. Turn everything over to God and go on about your work. Do what you can do and turn the rest over to God. We, we are to work as though we expect to do it all ourselves and pray as though we expect God to do it all for us. Do what you can, pray while you're working, and turn everything else to God. He, he says in verse number 6, so we built the wall. The wall was joined together until the half thereof, and, and here it is. See, this story isn't about Nehemiah. This isn't about the priest. This is about the people. This story is about everybody. It is the people that had a mind to work. But that doesn't stop the enemy. Verse number 7. It came to pass when Sambalot, Tobiah, and the Arabians, and the Ammonites, and the Ashadites heard of the walls of Jerusalem were made up, and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth. They conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem to hinder it. See, intimidation didn't work. They tried mockery. The mockery didn't work. They tried insults and threats. They put that in. And, and so now let's team up with others and, and let's try to put fear into their heart. Now, I need to plug in right there for a minute because fear is reality. You, you can say I'm not afraid, but you need to come on to the altar because lies don't work. Life has ways of bringing fears. There's fears of sickness. There's fears of situations of life. There's fears of certain people. There are fears associated with life. Amen. But the word of God tells us in Psalms 56, 3, it says, what time I am afraid, put it up there. Psalms 56, 3, I will trust in thee. It doesn't say never be afraid. It doesn't say it's a sin to be afraid. It doesn't say the enemy can never make you afraid. It says what time I am afraid, 
I'm just going to trust in God. I'm going to put all my trust in him. Second Chronicles chapter 20, we find that the people are afraid. There's a great multitude has come up against them to destroy them. Verse number 14, God speaks to Jehaziel, one of the Levites. And he brought him the word of God. He brought it to the people. In verse number 15, Second Chronicles chapter 20, he said, Hearken ye, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Prayer is our job. Seeking God is our job. Reading the Word of God daily, reading the Word of God is our job. Working is our job, but the battle belongs to the Lord. So do our part, turn the rest over. Nehemiah still chapter four, verse nine says, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. Set watch against them day and night because of them. We prayed, we, we did our part, and then discouragement shows up. It says in verse 10, Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. There's much rubbish so that we're not able to build the wall. According to the previous text, they're halfway through. A lot of work's already been done. Walls have already been built. Gates have already been shut. Breaches are already beginning to be closed. And now they lose sight of the task. They're no longer focused on God. They become focused on the problem. They're not focused on the size of their God. They're focused on the size of this pile of rubbish. They're no longer focused on how big God is. They're looking at how big the problem is. It's important that if you keep your mind in prayer and you keep your eyes in the word of God, then you'll stay focused on the things of God and the enemy doesn't appear so big. But when you begin to look at the enemy, the enemy begins, we, we begin to compare to earthly things and self things and all of a sudden the enemy begins to look too big so that we're not able to build the wall. <clears throat> the, the Pembertons, they're going to sing a song for us here in a little bit. The Collinsworth family, they, they sing a song. I, I love the song. I love a lot of their songs. But I, I love the one they sing about the mountain. Because it talks about looking up from the valley of fear. Ever, anybody ever been in the, in, down in the valley? Anybody ever been in the valley looking up wondering how am I going to get out of this mess? How are we going to get out of this darkness? How will we get out of here? And he's talking about looking up from, from the valley of fear. And it says that, that, that you can't see. You begin to doubt and you begin to fear and you, you begin to lose heart. And here's what the mountain will tell you. I'm too big for you. You can't climb me. That's what the mountain says. The mountain begins to cause fear and we sit and we get caught and it says we become focused and the mountain is too big. But it says that when you feel defeated, it says, remember that God keeps his promise and you tell that mountain just how big your God is. See, sometimes you got to talk to the mountain in Jesus name. Jesus told us in Mark chapter 11, he said, have faith in God. Verse 23, verily I say unto you, whosoever say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he has said shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Sometimes you have to command the mountain to get out of the way and be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of God and trust God to move the mountain. That's just scripture. The enemy 
rose up against the people. They, they tried to be a mountain. The enemy tries to be something that's too high and too hard to climb. Verse number 11 of chapter 4, Nehemiah said, the adversary said, they shall not neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. See, they were laughing. Then they tried threatening. And, and for a moment it works. But, but it says that Nehemiah encouraged the people. Verse number 13, he armed the people. Verse number 14, I looked, rose up, said to the nobles, to the rulers, to the rest of the people, be ye not afraid of them. Three words that they're not underlined in there you need to. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and that God had brought their counsel to naught, that we return all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. Chapter 5. The devil's been using outsiders up to this point, but he turns to within. The devil always has, has those on the outside, but unfortunately, he always has some loose tongues on the inside. The devil always has those who will sow discord among us. The devil always has one that may even have a sign out front of their building that says church, cast stones over to another church. The devil unfortunately, always has people on the inside. Chapter 5, verse 1, there was a great cry of the people, of their wives against the brethren of the Jews. And it says there, it, was, uh, it said that we sold, or, or we, our sons, our daughters, are many. Therefore, take up corn for them that, that we may eat and live. And some also are that said we mortgaged our lands, our vineyards, our houses, that we might buy corn because of the dark. That's a famine. There's a great famine in the land among the Jews. We know that Jerusalem lies waste. We saw it back in the beginning of the text when Nehemiah's brother first came and told him because there's great famine in the land. There were also that said we borrowed money for the king's tribute and, and that upon our lands. They said we've had to borrow money to pay the taxes in the land. Anybody lives in Troop County said amen. If you own a house, you know what that's all about. I just killed the spirit right out of there. I'm going, to take, I'm going to take a minute to pray. You got the people that's wealthy. And they've used their wealth to overcome the poor. So the poor are becoming poor. Have become poor. And, and, and the, wealth, the wealth is greater for, for those that were already wealthy. See, Nehemiah, he hears about it. He's angry. Verse 11 says, restore, I pray you. What happened? They, they've had to, they had to do what they had to do to pay taxes and to get food. So the rich used their influence to get it. And now the people don't even have their land. Everything that they had, everything's out. And Nehemiah says, restore, I pray you to them. Even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards, their, their houses. Also the hundredth part of the money and the corn, the wine, the oil that you exact to them. Then said they, we will restore them. Require nothing of them, so we will do as thou sayest. Then I called the priests and took an oath of them that they should do according to this promise. Chapter 6, it's Sambalot and Geshem. They, they come in and they try to delay the work. They, they call Nehemiah and they say, come out and talk to us. Let, let's discuss this thing. We know that what they plan to do is bring harm against him, bring lies against him, probably even physical harm against him. But, but they tell him. Come on out and talk. He says, I don't have time to talk to you. I am doing a great work. We talked about it last week. When the enemy is trying to distract you and talk to you, don't waste your time talking, arguing, disagreeing with someone you're not going to agree with. Just let it be gone. 
See, the devil, this isn't a new tactic. The devil used it at Calvary. I know Jesus Christ allowed himself to be crucified so that you and I can go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. But it was the priest that the devil used to lead the charge to put him up there. And it was the priest when he hung up on the cross, wagged their heads and looked at the people and said, look, looked at Jesus and said, if you're the son of God, come down off that cross. We'll believe you. Jesus, in a sense, the same as Nehemiah said, I can't come down off this cross. Not because I don't have the power, because I don't have the time for your foolishness. I am doing a great work so that the souls of men can be saved for all of eternity. I am caught up in a great work. Four times they sent a letter to Nehemiah. Come out and talk to us four times. He says, I don't have time for your junk. I don't have time for your foolishness. The fifth time they send a letter and said, you're just trying to, to do this so that you can be king. You want to be king over Jerusalem. He sends them a letter back. Verse number eight. He says, there are no such thing done except as thou sayest, but thou faintest them out of thine own heart. He said, you're just making up lies and you know it. You're just stirring up trouble. See, see, when nothing else worked, they even hired a priest to do their dirty work. That's what we see here in the text. The priest said to Nehemiah, you know these men are going to try to kill you. Come hide in the temple. Come, come hang out in the house of God. And use it for a shelter against them because they, they, they can't come in here. See, see here, it, this is going to be part of your bulletin because I want you to hear this. If you're listening to God, you're trusting God, and you're following God, then the things that are not of God will reveal themselves. Things that are not of God will reveal themselves to the ones that are following God. Paul said in Romans 8, 16, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If the spirit doesn't agree, there's a reason. Nehemiah said, my spirit did not agree with his spirit, so I knew that he was not sent by God. He says in chapter 12, verse number six, or, or, or chapter six, verse number 12, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced his prophecy against me. For Tobiah and Sambalot had hired him. Therefore, he was hired that I should be afraid and do so in sin, that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. God will reveal the enemy if we're truly walking with God. What your spirit does not agree with, there is a reason. If your spirit does not agree with somebody else, I don't care if they claim that from so-and-so church, they claim to be a Christian. Talk is cheap. Lifestyle proves everything. You say you're saved is cheap. Lifestyle proves everything. If nothing changed on the outside, don't fool yourself into thinking something changed on the inside. Because the Holy Spirit will not move into a filthy, dirty, earth-filled, sin-filled vessel and not start cleaning house. Not start changing the way you live, act, walk, talk. Changing everything about it. So if somebody comes up, if the Spirit doesn't agree, there's a reason. God will point things out to us. Chapter 8, I know I'm skipping chapter 7. If y'all look at it, you'll know why. Same thing you did when you're reading. There's about all those names that I ain't going to remember past the time it takes me to read them. So you got the list of everybody working. But chapter 8, we see a revival begin. 
See, a revival is not a set of dates put on the calendar where you go to church several days in a week and you bring in some of the greatest preachers and the greatest singers and you get together. A true revival is when people experience God and they turn their hearts to the living God. There can be no experience in God without the word of God. You cannot experience God outside of this book. This book is what gives us a direction. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. So everything begins with the Word of God. If it's not from the Word of God, who's it from? It's from the enemy. Chapter 8, verse 5. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people. He had that they had the altar. He was up on that wooden altar and said that when he opened it, all the people stood up. See, it wasn't, will you please stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning? It wasn't, will you please stand and worship with me as we sing together this song? It wasn't, will you please come in and will you please stand up and appear as though you, you are participating? It was the heart of the people desiring to hear the word of God. Somebody needs to hear me. It was the heart of the people who had a great desire to hear the word of God. See, here's the problem. They've been in captivity for a century. They haven't heard the word of God read in years. They haven't had a time of worship in years. The altars have been burned down for years. They have not heard God's word read. So they are Hungry for the reading of God's word. So hungry that when, when Ezra picked up the book and opened it, all of the people stood up just because they saw it. They just knew that he was about to read God's word. We're in a society that is so spoiled. We ain't had a hunger for the reading of that book in years. Oh, come on, y'all ain't got to get all super spiritual. You ain't got to get all pouty. I didn't throw no stone out in your water. I just stated the facts. There's not a hunger in America for this book. There's not a hunger in the church for this book. The church, we become so commonplace in our padded pews and air-conditioned buildings. And as long as it don't take me out of my plan and my lifestyle and mess up my Monday to Saturday, I'll show up every seven days, hang out for a few minutes. Just don't beat me over the head with this book. It's all about this book. If it ain't about this book, it's messed up. And, and we no longer have a hunger. These people are spoiled to hear this book being read aloud in public. That's what America needs today. That's what LaGrange, Georgia needs today. But every fire has to have a spark. It don't just start. If you want darkness to flee, turn your light on. If you want darkness to flee a room, turn your light on in the room. If you want darkness to get out of town, bring the light into the room. Thus saith the Lord. Darkness cannot stay where light is on. We're in a dark time because we're letting our, our light be dimmed by all the things. Well, that's all free. I'm sorry. Let me get back to the message. There's a great revival here. There's a moving of the Holy Spirit. There's a, a consolidation of the people. And we, we get to chapter 11. The walls are completed. Jerusalem is, is restored. And, and now there needs to be some people living inside the city. Chapter 11, verse 1. The rulers of the people dwelt in Jerusalem. The rest of the people also cast lots to bring one of ten to dwell in Jerusalem in the holy city. One in ten. 
We're going to be a tenth part of the people, one in ten, and nine parts to dwell in other cities. Verse number two, the people blessed all the men that willingly offered themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. Serving God can cost you some stuff. Serving God can certainly cost you some so-called friends. Serving God can cost you worldly popularity, gain. Serving God can, can cost some stuff. I mean, some of these people had to move from wherever they lived. So they had to leave their home. They had to leave maybe their job, their business, whatever they own. There was a financial burden for them to move into the city of Jerusalem with no way to, to recover this, this financial loss. But, but it says that they willingly offered themselves. Serving God may cost some materialistic stuff. Serving God may, may cost things like, like time. So serving God may cost something, but there are rewards for serving God. And, and the rewards for serving God are out of this world, right? Everything that God gives in this life and the next comes from, from out of this world. So the walls are finished. The, the revivals come. The city is occupied. Chapter 12 and verse 27, the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. They sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and singing, with cymbals, with psalteries, and, and with harps. So finally the enemy is defeated and given up, right? It, 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 it doesn't happen. Nehemiah is a man of his word. He told the king, here's what, when the king said, hey, why are you sad? Why is your countenance sad? What is it? And he told the king what he wanted. And the king said, okay, how long will it take? He said, not so fast. I also need some, some trees. I need some letters from you. And, and I need all this. And the king says, okay, go and do it. And he says, when I go, I will report back. When everything's done, I'll report back, right? So that means Nehemiah has got to go back to Shushan. He's got to go back to the palace. He's got to go back to the king, and he's got to report things. So being a man of his word, he, he goes back. In between two verses right here, he goes back and comes back. We're not told how long he's gone. However long it was, it's long enough for the enemy to move in and regain a foothold among God's people. I, I mean, we find that, that Eliashib, the high priest, allows Tobiah of all people to have a room in God's temple. We find that the high priest allows his grandson to marry the daughter of Sambalot of all people. We find the people in Jerusalem defaming the Sabbath, going against the Sabbath. They turned it into another work day. All of these things are a violation to the word of God. It didn't take long that the people fell right back into their sin. Great revival, reading of the word of God. All it took was a little bit of leadership to go out. And the priest, Eliashib, is the one that begins to allow things to, to fall back apart. So Nehemiah, he comes back again. He, he cleans house again. But what you see is that the enemy never gives up. He never stops trying to destroy a great work. What he tries to do is keep a great work from ever starting. He tries to keep a Christian from ever getting off the pew. He wants you to stay. He's not bothered by you showing up on Sunday morning. He's not bothered by you holding a spot in a pew. 
Just don't read the book. He's not bothered by you coming in here and hearing a message on Sunday morning. Just don't pray when you get home. Don't pray before you come. He's not bothered by you holding down a spot. Just don't sign up to be on any of those worksheets. Just don't sign up to be over here on Sunday mornings and pray during the message and be a part of them prayer room warriors. Just don't sign up to be in the programs that the churches do. Just don't sign up to help. He's not bothered by casual Christianity. He's bothered by the one that sets out and says, I'm going to follow God no matter what. So his goal is to try to keep you from ever plugging in. But, but when you start trying to plug in, he changes his tactics and he just, he just keeps coming. He just, he just never stops. See, that's why it is so important that we develop great prayer habits first. You got your bulletin? Make yourself a note. That's why it is so important that we, before any work begins, before you set out, before God gives an answer, before God gives direction, it is of the utmost importance that we develop great prayer habits first. That's why it is so important that we develop great reading habits first. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. We're going to talk a little reminder out there. We're reading the Word of God through together this year, right? January 1 to December 31. We, we, we're plugged in. I know a lot of you are still there. Listen, if you're behind, catch up. It's okay. Take time. Just catch up. Don't let the enemy have you. Don't let the enemy defeat you over time. I, I, I get it. I get it, man. It, I mean, football done started back, and the Braves are still playing. And, and there's just so much to do with time and you got so much at work and so much family and your kids are in sports and dance and, and everything else and, and time and time and time. Don't let the enemy have your time. Because if the enemy has all your time, then the enemy has all your heart. If you're behind, just, just catch up. Double up, do, do whatever it takes. But it is imperative that we develop great reading habits first. And it's important. Oh, this is going to sound like a stone. I promise it's not. It's an encouragement because I want you to reach back and get wherever you left off and catch up reading the Word of God if you started it. It is important that you never turn back. It is important that you never look back. Jesus told us in Luke 9, 62, any man having taken hold of the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. It's important that we grab a hold prayer habits Reading habits and never look back. We, we can't turn back. See, the, the story of Nehemiah here, it, it seems to focus on the walls. But in reality, it has nothing to do with the walls. The story of Nehemiah is not about the walls any more than the story of Jonah is about the fish. It's all about the people. Everything is about people. This whole story is about people. It started because people turned their backs on God. The walls were burned with fire. The temple was destroyed. The gates were torn down. All that happened when the Babylonian Empire came because the people were not worshiping God. They fell into false idols. They began to look into false religions. They turned their hearts away from the reading of God's word. All of this happened because the people turned their backs on God. It was all about the people from the beginning. The, the walls now are being rebuilt because God is a God of second chances. Thank you, God, for just keeping on, keeping on, giving people like me another chance. 
So he's rebuilding the walls. He's restoring. Everything that God does is about people. Every ministry that God gives is about people. Every assignment that God gives to you and I it is about people right now. So we're praying together in, in, in one accord. Not, not just about judgment journey. God, what do you want us to do? It's simple. Is judgment journey okay for something else okay? With all my heart, I don't care. Don't matter to me. Just show us your people. What do you want? Just show us because everything is about people. What do you want us to do to reach people? What do you want us to do to make that bulletin more than a slogan, changing our surroundings one soul at a time? How is that more than just a piece of paper? Everything that God has ever done has been about people. Jesus was about people. The cross was about people. The blood was about people. The empty tomb is about people. The empty grave is about, um, is about people. The, the resurrection is about people. I've gone to prepare a place for people. My people. The ones that are called by my name he, he everything is about people john three sixteen is about people for god so loved the world that word for world that's not talking about the dirt that's not talking about the earth that's not talking about the the the, the physical structural things that's talking about the people He's talking about the inhabitants of the earth. God so loved the world, the people, the inhabitants of the earth. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever people Everything's about people. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's all about people. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, Jesus said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things into the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Everything is about people. God used people to reach you and I. Every one of us here, every one of us out there on live stream, everybody looking. God used people to live it in front of us, witness it in front of us, testify in front of us, to lead us. God used people to reach you and I. And God wants to use you and I to reach people. The question is, what does he want us to do to do it? Does he want us to reach them by ones, by tens, by hundreds, by thousands? What's the ministry? What, what is it that God wants us to do? The question really is, are we willing to listen to what God wants us to do? I, I know we get so caught up in, in our attitude, our world, our mind, what, what we think. But aside from what we think, are we willing to do whatever God gives us to do? If I were to ask the question right now, right now, I'll promise you, if this ain't got a sting to you, it's okay because it's got a sting to me. Are we doing a great work right now? Or are we, are we even reaching by ones or by tens? Where are the Pemberton's at? You guys come on up. Wherever y'all at. Y'all come on, grab your microphones. I'm, I'm done. The, the, the question is, are we doing a great work? What about are we willing 
to do a great work. Might want to back up a few minutes in the message. A great work in serving God can cost you some things. Some time, some stuff. Are are we willing to do a great work? What, what, What would your answer be? If the question was this, if there was a great work being done, are you willing to invest yourself into it? Your time, your energy, maybe your weekends, your talents, your finances. Oh, Lord God, he did not say money. Are you willing to invest everything into it? What? If the question was, are you prepared to do a great work? What would the answer be? Because see, that's where all this goes back to. This goes back to Judgment Journey 22. I've told you, God told me plainly, we're not ready. We're not. We're not spiritually ready to take on that. I'll be honest. I don't know that we've done anything to change that. And I truly believe that's why Judgment Journey won't take place in 23. And here's here's my deal. It doesn't matter to me if it don't take place in 24. It doesn't matter to me. It's not about me. It's not my ministry. It's not my church. It's not my call. It's not ours. It's God's. It doesn't matter to me what God wants us to do in 24. I just want to be prepared for it. Why is it so quiet? It doesn't matter to me what God wants us to do. I just want to be prepared for it. I want us to be a people of prayer in one accord. Reading God's word in one accord. Worshiping in one accord. Seeking him. In one accord. To be used by him. In one accord. To reach ones or tens or thousands doesn't matter. It's what do you want us to do? So what if the question was, are you ready to be part of a great work? What would your answer be? I don't know. I really can't get past that first question. Are we doing a great work? I'm sorry for you all. You'll have to come explain it to me and show it to me because I'm missing it. I don't know where it's at. I don't know what it is. If we're we're doing a great work for the kingdom of God right now, I don't know what it is. But I don't want that to be the story. I believe you're doing a great work in your lives. I believe we're doing our best in our lives. I get it. I just know that God has something bigger in store for us. I just know that God has a way to reach thousands of people at a time. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen God reach out and use his people to do mighty things and and. If, if you want to be part of a great work, you, you want to be used by God, it, it's okay. It's okay. I just, I just want to know. If you, if you want to be part of a great work and God use you to do something. I mean, like if the Bible were rewritten in today's time, if you wanted God to use you in something that would make the book. Yeah. Raise your hand. See, there's a lot of no-name people in here. And I don't mind being one of those. It wasn't their name that was mentioned. It was their work that was mentioned. And, and that, that's, that's what I want to be. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want my name mentioned in the new book if God were to write one about today's date. But I'd want the work mentioned. I'd want to see 
the multitudes fed. I don't want to see the thousands come to Christ. Lives changed and redeemed. I want to see the kingdom of God grow exponentially because a handful of people did a work and God blessed it and God used it. God anointed it and moved mightily. I'm going to ask you guys if you would stand. And I'm going to ask you again to make use of this altar. I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your safe place. We're not going to be used by God hanging out in the shallow waters. You've got to be willing to set sail and go out into the deep waters and allow God to trust you. Pull up the sails. Go out and let God use you. We're going to have to get out of the safety of the shallow waters. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. So I'm going to ask you guys, if you would, to come find a place in this altar. Say, God, we need direction. I need direction. I'm looking for you to move. I want to ask you real quick before these guys sing. If, if you have... Never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to make that today. You, no matter where you are, you live stream, you're in this building, you need to make that today. Don't, don't trust another day to the enemy. Don't, don't let the devil have another day of your life. God has given us life, but he promised to give us life abundantly through those that come to him through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never been saved, today is a day. Father, will you forgive me of my sin? Lord, I, I just want to be saved. I, I'm, I'm asking you to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Cleanse me in the blood of Jesus and save my soul. If you're faithful to ask, God's faithful to save. If we're going to have God do a great work through us, we're going to have to be a people of great prayer. They're going to sing. Altar's going to stay open. I'm going to give you one more. If you're going through a storm... And you need God to move some mountains for you.